Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. And this week we still couldn't find sound clips, so we're just going to run with it. We're watching Dogma. Oh, damn it. I forgot to pull up IMDb. That's an interesting opening. It is, yes. From 1999, directed by Kevin Smith. There we go. Thank you, John, with the assist. <laughs> uh, John, God, it's been... So I, I actually have to dig out the DVD for this, which means that it's been at least 10 years, probably closer to 15 since I've seen this. It's been a very long time for me, Um and part of that is just because when I first saw it, it was back when I was still in a uh, a very weird, like, not weird, but like, in, in a, how you say in English, like a very religious atmosphere was really entrenched within certain Christian circles. And, and at that time, this movie came out and there was all this hate and misunderstanding and things surrounding it so i saw it still because you know i'm a rebel (laughs) (laughs) but i i I had such conflicting weird feelings at the time and later as i kind of progressed through life and had different ways of seeing things i thought this would be a a good movie to, to to watch again with a more developed mind and a more open you know I don't know, just perspective. And it it's notoriously a difficult movie to find or locate anywhere. In fact, the Blu-ray goes for sale for like a hundred bucks online. Because, Holy shit. Because it just doesn't exist. And there's supposedly no plans to ever reprint it. And it has like these deleted scenes or extra material that no one has, you know, that isn't out there and hasn't been digitally uploaded to YouTube or places, you know? So it's like, it's really kind of interesting. The, just given the, the nature and the tone of the movie and the fact that it's like this holy relic that people can't find. But all that being said, um, I do have a, a version of it I'm going to be able to watch. And I'm actually uh, pretty excited. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there'll be some good stuff to chew on. And, you know, it's Kevin Smith, so it'll probably be at least a little bit funny, right? Sure. I mean, it's got to be. Um, and this is arguably my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Like I saw this in theaters when it came out and I just adored it. And so to, I haven't followed obviously that the, the, I guess situation with, you know, reprinting it or re-releasing it or whatever. I had no idea that there was, there were no plans to or anything like that. So the fact that I even have the DVD copy, I'm, I'm, I I consider myself kind of, kind of lucky. Yeah. And it's not streaming anywhere, as we both know. It's not correct. It's just you know, it's a ghost of a thing. That's yeah, that's insane to me because it's it's just so fucking good. You're gonna you're gonna find out why if you have a copy of this, like you're gonna find out 
why it's so good. Like you're going to go back and rewatch it. Uh, speaking of, I think that's what we're going to go do. Uh, John and I are going to go watch this. Uh, as John mentioned, it's not streaming anywhere. You can't even get it on any of the streaming rental services. So you're kind of on your own as to how to find it. Uh, but do find it like borrow a copy from a friend, uh, whatever you got to do, get a copy of this. Cause it, this is a, a fun movie. And I think that we're going to have a really good time on the other side of the show, uh, talking about it. So, uh, we're going to go do that. And when we come back, we are talking dogma. John, are you ready? I certainly am. Then let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. John, uh, yes. I, I, uh, <laughs> this is as good as I remember it, at least as good as I remember it, maybe better than I remember it. Well, this uh, is much better than I remember it. Oh, good. Well, that's a nice that's a nice change of pace for what, you. What a wacky and fun way to open uh, our, uh, our uh, opening remarks on a movie. Tell me a little bit about that. Well. Again, that whole disclaimer that this isn't a, a perfect movie and and it has it's got a little bit of clunkiness here and there and some of the humor in quotes. It, it just doesn't my humor. It just doesn't resonate. Felt a little unnecessary, but some of it was great, but some of it just fell flat. That happens. But the heart of it, the the dialogue, especially, I'd say, I mean, I I have some favorite moments, favorite people, but at its core. Um, just with Loki and Bartleby and Bethany um, as the Holy Trilogy. I don't know. Um, but as <laughs> as th- those three and the, their path and the way they decipher and dig and, and get their way through through this movie, like uh, I just I really thoroughly enjoyed what they wrestled with, how they uh, you know how they kind of slogged their way through you know, all the pain they've been through interpreting it, understanding and trying to move forward and the way they responded and played off each other, that the acting is just great. Like, I I don't know, this might be one of the better performances by Ben Affleck, like overall. You know, I didn't feel that way early on. I, I felt like almost like Ben Affleck was doing Kevin Smith a favor, which he, he may have been, but uh, th- that... He, he he's his heart wasn't really in it at first and then we get to the sort of uh the the, the scenes after they get thrown off the train the parking and, garage. yeah in the parking garage and the 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 whole uh like you know you're you're you sound like lucifer and like ben affleck's whole impassioned speech there uh was kind of the crowning glory probably of his contribution to this movie yeah, I mean, it really surprised me a bit. Um, again, having a super vague recollection of what I was getting into, I knew the general plot, the general concept and idea and certain key moments and certain slow motion bullets ripping off wings and, you know, like all these things like <laughs> I, I can barely remember, but not 100% remembering the you know, the content and the heart of what was going on here. And, and so like just totally uh, escaping my memory of Alan Rickman uh, as, as Metatron, which really 
was maybe my favorite part of the whole movie. If you like, if you want just in terms of humor and enjoyment, like I absolutely loved his, his delivery, his, his British sarcasm and like the, the way in which he just looked upon the entire situation as the voice of God and, and like wanting that recognition. And, and like, I heard little bits of when he like was Marvin, the robot and hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Like uh-huh. I heard just like a little bit of that influence of that, like, woe is me? Like, Oh great. And uh, so I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed uh, what he he brought to that small role book. But yeah, there were a bunch of small roles that were a lot of fun that had a nice little pack, whether it was just entertaining and funny or kind of, you know, moved along and, and kind of filled up the the plot, the satirical dismantling of, of dogma, um, which all, all was just uh, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad you brought up uh, Alan, Rickman, Alan Rickman as Metatron because not not only him, but there's so many uh, supporting characters in this movie, whether it be him or uh, Jason Lee as Azrael yeah. or the uh, uh, the Samahaya character uh, Serendipity. Like everybody, they they really help this movie to shine brighter. Uh, kind of as a result of what they bring to the table, like Jason Lee, Kevin Smith movie. Jason Lee is like peak Jason Lee for me. Like he does other stuff and he's funny or whatever, but this is like, this was where I was first introduced to Jason Lee was in Kevin Smith movies. And, and this is, is, is one of my favorite performances by him uh, just because of like, the the dickishness of the character and how he how he delivers the lines like that to me if if i had to like if you had to put a gun to my head and said you know who's your favorite character that's not you know jay and silent bob and the the main characters i'd I'd 100 percent say asriel yeah i i i did find him in this role to be perfectly fitting and the right kind of uh, a dick that you hate um, in a certain way. It, it felt right. You know, it felt, okay, yeah, he's pulling that off. But I have to say my favorite role of his is uh, in Almost Famous. Yeah, he's pretty great in that. And he's kind of a dick in that as well. Right. And, and like, <laughs> so at the minute I saw him, I'm thinking like from Almost Famous, I just love the part where he's like, your looks are becoming a problem. <laughs> He's like, what? You know, and that whole like jealousy and, and the anger and stuff. And so it doesn't feel like a role that's so far removed from here in Dogma. But um, yeah, he, he definitely played that role well and was very kind of fun and convincing in, in that regard. So back up at the top of the show you talked about like a time that you were sort of a big part of your life was uh was religion or at least uh that that's what it sounded like um do you mind sure. ask, like can we talk about that oh or? yeah yeah absolutely i'm d- dig in our claws so, and see what happens what what i i don't know what religion you were or or anything like that you want to talk about that a little bit well, um, as a young kid, I was brought up and raised pseudo-Catholic, as so many people are, without being 100% fully entrenched, but going to church every week, that sort of thing. And then 
that kind of fizzled out. But as I like went to college, I become became very uh, entrenched within just a like non-denominational Christian setting. Um, so something that on the surface would appear to be lacking in that kind of dogma, um, at least from that historical kind of built perspective, it felt more modern and more, uh, you know, like dispatching some of the unnecessary pageantry and, and things that were kind of out there. However, now, like, I just have a very different perspective on a number of things. And um, I can just say, like, flat out that the journey that I'm on leads me to a place where I I absolutely hold nothing in 100% certainty. So I guess technically I'd fall into like an agnostic state. Um, but I really dislike a lot of what has occurred within the realm of organized religion, uh, specifically within the realms of rules and laws and dogma and the way in which people dig in, pull it hard to themselves and live these particular lives based upon rule systems that maybe they've been taught to not question or that they're afraid to, or they feel, you know, it's just going to cause trouble if they dig in and why can't they just have faith and accept everything the way it is and the way they're told to. So like all of that, that swirling eddy of <laughs> uh, just different miasmic uh, philosophical religious things all wrapped together into uh, kind of a difficult thing to pull apart and discern. Um, it's complex. I think it's an interesting topic. I love getting into it. And I'm still, I'm not like someone who went through a religious experience, came out the other side and just like, you know, God, God isn't real. He's dead. I hate everything. There's nothing there. Like, I just don't know. Um, so I don't have enough faith, so to speak, to like be atheist, to go the other direction, to be 100% certain. I just don't know. Um, and so watching this movie and seeing different characters wrestling in what I've perceived in a somewhat sympathetic way, when things just don't add up, when things just seem a little ridiculous or a lot ridiculous, <laughs> as the case may be, <laughs> it was like it was interesting to to feel and perceive that knowing that I've been, you know, this is obviously built up in a comedic satirical way, you know, in a fantastic high level. Whereas my personal experience is a bit more like rumbling and boiling under the surface and not as flamboyant as all of this, but I really did kind of connect with several uh, of the different experiences, especially like I said, the three like Loki Bartleby and Bethany, like things that they, said and experienced and witnessed it's like yeah i i i hear that wow that was a lot to take in uh you're welcome i i think that our 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 like life paths have been fairly similar in that regard like i i was baptized catholic i got first communion and then things just sort of tapered away uh I I like I dabbled in religions in high school like it, the the sort of in vogue thing in at least in Florida in the 90s was born again Christian mm -hmm. and uh there was a girl that I really liked and so I went to her church with her and I was quote unquote born again Christian 
that didn't last, obviously. And so I I lean more in the atheist camp. Like I'm not one of these militant I, I was for a little while like militant atheists, <laughs> like arguing with people online and you? being that guy. Yeah, I know, right? Arguing like, online, I have a hard time believing that. <laughs> but like that's I, I was like that and it it just takes too much energy. Mm. It, it almost takes more energy to do that than to like fake having a belief in God or in a, a particular like denomination of, of, of a religion. And so I, I just sort of got to a, a, a happy place of I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist, mostly out of laziness and, and <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, so you're a lazy, latheist, latheist. Yes. I, 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 I'm, I'm fairly open to a lot of things in that, uh, at least from a, you know, philosophical and spiritual kind of place where I am. I try not to necessarily look down on others if, if I happen to think that they are, I don't want to say wrong, but like if I just think there's something off or that they don't really make their religion or their faith something that they've really dug in and done the work and like come out the other end having a reason why they believe things rather than it just, just because. But then it's like, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are very happy and living fulfilled lives who, you know, are connected in, in ways in these manners that I'm not. And it's like, at some point, it's like, I, I just kind of stop worrying so much about others and, and the path they're on and where they're at, unless it, you know, starts impacting directly like people I love or groups of people who I see experiencing hatred and discrimination, you know, all under the guise of something that I feel is just completely religiously off kilter. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm open to conversations all the time. I love getting, I think it's an interesting topic because like human beings, I think throughout the history of their existence have some part of them that's always curious and, and always trying to figure things out. And there's this mystery because we don't know everything. So, you know, what some people might ascribe to, you know, aliens putting us here on this planet, others ascribe to a God creating us. And like, there's so many different origin stories and, you know, we're, we're constantly a creative species seeking meaning. And so like, I might have issues with humans uh, being deceptive and manipulative and, and forming power structures around religious organizations. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that higher level thing, be it God or whatever else that you would like to call it, it is just a non-factor because humans suck. Like I don't, I can't, you know, make that decision. And so that's why, again, with, to bring it back to the movie, like, cause that's what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> like I do like that this, the movie here generally had a somewhat good natured attitude towards the concept of faith or belief, but it was really attacking the dogmatic principles of people who are uh, hypocrites and, and who are, you know, making decisions that fly in the face of the very concepts that you say to believe. Um, and so like that, that angle and that amount of humor and satire, it was like, yeah, it's hard not to cheer for that as things are, brought up and focused and dismantled. And, you know, you, if you wanted to approach this movie from a place of logic and be like, wait a second, that plan doesn't make sense. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. It's <laughs> ridiculous. And that's why this movie is what this is. It's a, a, a farce 
that is designed, you know, all around this concept of, you know, let's let's poke at this thing and laugh at it a bit. Right. And, you know, if you learn a little something about yourself along the way, then, then all the better. Uh, the <laughs> I, I always laugh at the idea that aliens brought us here. Like, it, would they stop here and take a shit and then, like, you know, and leave? And that's what that's what we turned into or i mean from a cosmic sense i don't think that that's impossible either you know well i i I mean it's no (laughs) i would say it's no more impossible than uh the the abiogenesis theory that you know reactions happened and and life flourished because of it uh there's we we we, i i don't know that we'll ever come to a final conclusion on the answer to that question of like you know where how did life on earth start but my money is better spent on ideas like that than like god did it you know yeah and i i mean at this exact moment in my life i feel like my energy is better served and like how can i make my life and the people around me's life better you know how can i you know learn to get over myself and like love other people and help people out and it's like there's aspects of that that align with different religions. Cool, whatever. Like, but that's not the point. The point is the the empathy and the love and the caring and the forgiveness and those principles that are followed in different you know principles and are taught in different ways. But like, that's the end game is is the the better life here and now and and focusing the energy in that direction and like the other things are all just like fundamental exercises and and I definitely think there can be wisdom and studying and learning, especially from a historical perspective and understanding uh, how people developed as humans developed as cultures and tribes and things over time. Like, I think that's one thing that's lacking in a lot of people's interpretations in modern religion, whether it be debates or things where they're all, all on the same page. It's like looking at a lens of history and understanding the way humans have developed and changed over the last at least several thousand years, if not more. Um, and so, yeah, again, this all goes to say that George Carlin was the perfect pick for the Cardinal of the church. He was great for that, especially if you <laughs> listen to his standups, like right. he, he like lampoons, he would lampoon the church constantly, like talking shit about the Pope and all that other stuff. And I bet he would have done this role for free. <laughs> I wonder if he would have. That that'd be funny. Uh I, I always found it funny the the amount of shit that uh the members of the Catholic Church like gave Kevin Smith about this movie because he himself was it was Catholic. He, yeah. I don't know if he still is or not. Uh but because well, his mom like super Catholic. His mom, yeah, is super, super Catholic. And so, like, he, he always had to be, you know, the good Catholic boy. Uh, so for, like, he puts all these disclaimers at the front of the movie and people are still like, Wah. you know, like, he's not a heretic. He's a comedian. Like, <laughs> get the guy a break. Can't you be and, both? And sure. Why not? <laughs> but no, he, like, he he's not shitting on god he's 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 making fun of organized religion yeah you need to find the 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 median between those two as the viewer because otherwise you're just gonna be miserable well Uh, organized religion especially catholicism 
you know, it, it seems to be less of a juggernaut within the cultural landscape that it once was even just a short 20, 30 years ago. Uh, but it's still, it, it kind of is like taking a swipe at organized religion. That's one thing. But like to take a swipe at Disney like he does in this, like now, now, now you're messing with forces that are like beyond human understanding. Now, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why you can't find this fucking movie anywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, it, I think it was supposed to be originally published or, or, or distributed by a Disney, at least Disney affiliate, like Miramax or someplace, something that Disney owns. Miramax. And it got like, and of course, once they have this that you know golden calf or whatever that that uh (laughs) movie yeah like that that entire boardroom discussion and all all pointing out like how horrible all that is it's like yeah okay so so they got dumped and then they got picked up and distributed somewhere else but yeah it's funny to think that that's the reason this movie barely exists outside of our imagination is because disney actively like blocks it from streaming or being produced or sold or like I like that entertains me to think that that's that's the actual reason. <laughs> I mean, if I was Bob Iger, I would have done it. So uh or Walt Disney or Walt Disney who was not alive anymore when this movie came out. Yeah, but now we're getting back into the whole religious thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe he's still like maybe he is really in suspended animation and you know, the Magic Kingdom or whatever. Anyhow. Uh, what else do we talk about with this movie? Like, it's so good. To, to in my opinion, like obviously, we, it's not a perfect movie. There are are obviously improvements that can be made, but on the whole, like this movie is so much fun. I I absolutely, one hundred percent stand by this being my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, and like you have so many different approaches and you have characters that, you know, if you're familiar with Kevin Smith and not like Jay and silent Bob, like, you know, them, you know, the gist of what that mentality is there. And so, you know, like when we did the replacements so many years ago or last week, I can't keep track. It's, it's hard to Um, tell, but like two weeks, I can't remember. Anyway, when we did the replacements, I might have complained a little bit because like the one female character and it had like just no, substance and no real nothing there other than just serving the generic role of like a a girlfriend even though i thought there could have been more but here in stark contrast to that with uh linda fiorentino fiorentino yeah um her her role like her acting what what she did with this role was kind of just bring someone who was nuanced someone who had you know, issues with confidence and, you know, had a a past that made her feel pain and doubt and wonder and all of these different things going on. And she's working at this abortion clinic, but she's still tithing to the church. She's like, she thinks God is dead, like all these things happening. And then it turns out she's, you know, related to Jesus and like, (laughs) but like you have all this happening. And then when you have you know, Jay constantly wanting to have sex with her and stuff. She's not like, oh, hmm, I don't know. Well, I am a girl. And it's like, no, she's she, like, no, she, dude, fuck off. Yeah, she just handles him, you know, and like just handles everything and is very competent and, and strong and, and, and an interesting character who, when she like breaks down 
like towards the end again like a lot of the best acting in this movie comes like in the last like one third of it it really and does like that like, that's it's all slow build really peaks yeah yeah and so when she's in in the water uh and ultimately of metatron you know while walking on the water to, to come talk to her and stuff but like when she breaks down there when uh you have uh, like we said with um, Bartleby, like when he breaks down in, in the, the parking garage, um, Matt Damon, like what an interesting take. Like cause he's usually 90% of the time just a nice guy, you know, in, in his movies or at least, you know, even if he's like in the Bourne Identity and stuff like it's not that he's nice, but he's not like evil. And then here he's playing, you know, this vengeful angel who supposedly doing things, you know, for the sake of God, but maybe enjoying it a bit too much at times. And, and he goes back and forth between like feelings of like innocence and like just malevolence. Like it's so interesting how he keeps going back and forth, but ultimately comes across as just kind of confused and just uncertain. Um, well, and, and, and he almost sounds dumb because of it. Yeah. Like he, he had, he, he has these moments where he has these dumb looks on his face. Like he's super lucid one minute and then like a doofus the next. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to pin down. And I, honestly, I think that that has more to do with how Kevin Smith wrote the, the characters because they even they they put it right on the table in this movie like he he gave he ours was an existence of adoration and you know what have you like that whole that whole speech there and he gave them more than he ever gave us because he gave them a choice and we so we have the choice to feel how we feel or not not necessarily a choice but we 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 have better control over how we feel about things and and how we react to situations than they do because they don't have that capacity because they weren't imbued with those things when they were created. Yeah. I mean, it's classic, uh, uh, you know, man versus God. I don't know. Like it's a, a, a <laughs> man trope. by destroyed. Well, it's like this, this fictional, you know, like man versus nature, you know, Man versus God, God versus nature. Man is killed by dinosaurs. Women inherit Women the, earth. the earth. Yeah, um, it's the tale which, as old as time. Yeah, but like, <laughs> so it, it it just sets itself up, and and we get to go for the ride. And speaking of which, I just realized we didn't even name drop Chris Rock yet. No, uh, I was which, I was going to get to him because I had feelings, and most of them were. This is like, so just like in. Uh, the Demolition Man, Dennis Leary is Dennis Leary as Dennis Leary. Uh, this is Chris Rock is Chris Rock as Chris Rock. Uh, he it, it's it, it's his it's his up. Like this is Chris Rock up yeah. essentially. Uh, there are, there are moments, especially like the more tender moments around like the campfire. Uh, but on the whole, anytime he's being uh, boisterous or, or, or loud, he's being Chris Rock, the comedian. Yeah. Um, I, I kept, you know, thinking, you know, his name's Rufus and George Carlin is this, and George Carlin was Rufus and Bill and Ted. (laughs) Oh, is this like a doctor who situation? It's a doctor who situation. Um, and, And so, and by that, I'm sure I could come up with a way to tie this all together in a way that makes sense because of regeneration yep. and because the 13th doctor uh, 
ended up taking the face of someone who was in an earlier Doctor Who season mm-hmm. by Bomb Vesuvius. Therefore, Chris Rock is something. I lost it. I so close. <laughs> no. But yeah, like he, he's we'll, definitely. We'll figure it out and come back to it. He's humorous. He's fun. But he's just Chris Rock. And Chris Rock is fun and funny. Um, and so sometimes it comes down, you know, the, the writing felt like a little weaker for him because it felt like maybe Kevin Smith was just like, just kind of vamp your style, be, be you and be funny. And, and, but like, here, here's the core part of what we want to say. I don't know if that's true or not, but he definitely, no, I could see, I could see him doing that because he's one of these guys who like, he geeks out over so like certain celebrities and, and like other comedians and sort of people who are in pop culture. And so I could totally see him be, Hey man, I, I wanted to bring you on because I really loved you. Your up. do more of that, do a lot of that in this and just like bring that to, to the character and it should be fine. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I definitely thought it was perfectly fine. And, and again, like I said, in the very beginning, there are plenty of elements to this that aren't perfect, that the pacing as we've talked about in the beginning is a little bit slow. Some of the humor for me just doesn't land. It feels old at this point because I've heard and seen it a million times before in other movies and well, this movie too, because I've seen it before, but like, so there are just little bits and pieces, but that's not the point. Cause that's not what this is really about. And, and like, if I would have stopped this movie after an hour and just try to fake it based upon what I remembered, like I would have missed the whole point. It's really that, that last, you know, 45, 50 minutes of the movie when everything just comes to uh, the final boiling point and we really see everyone's, the the courage of their convictions are, are really tested and pushed to their limits to the point of utter, utter chaos where again, at this point, I don't think Kevin Smith had much experience working with action scenes I don't think they're like beautifully shot. I think some of the slow motion stuff was a little annoying and, and used too long for too much effect. Like that's fine. Like these things are not perfect, but that again is not the point. Um, and so it doesn't like ruin or make the movie not good in my eyes. It just means that there are things that are just not as good as other things. And the highlight is the character development and the, some of the dialogue and things like that. And the overall just high level satire but then drilled down to little bits and pieces all throughout that all just execute wonderfully yeah i i i tend to agree with that uh pretty strongly actually like there's the the only thing that would be even close to anything action related was like the first film that kevin smith ever worked on which uh was it, it was like an indie film that did never got wide release i don't even remember the name of it it's like searching for bigfoot or something hmm. Uh, but it, it, Jason Lee was the star of that one, but, uh, he, he, he is very careful to like give everyone room to breathe and, and kind of like let you get a sense of who they are. And you don't even need a, a ton of backstory on a lot of these characters. Like there's a replacement we're going to go back to Annabelle and the replacements like nine times, I'm sure. Uh, there, there's a replacements Annabelle where you don't get really anything and it's just, here you go. Assume you know everything about her now because she's not complex. Uh, versus like what Kevin Smith does, it, and it, not just in this, but in any of his movies, like giving that that love and attention to the 
you have a cricket in your house? I hope not. It could just yeah. be me. Sometimes I just make those noises. You just make you when you're rubbing your legs together. Uh oh, this is staying in the show. <laughs> uh he he's very good about if if not at least uh if not world building very good at character building like he 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 makes sure that every character you know what they're about and and what they bring or you will find out by the end and speaking of the end um i i of course at the time it was just a, a big funny revelation but even now like i really i love helena's Morissette coming out uh, you know, just as as God and as being almost as nonverbal as Silent Bob. Um, and like, I, I wonder if there's a connection in that, you know, if if Kevin Smith's despite having kind of verbose, you know, lines that he hands out like candy to many different lead actors for himself, <laughs> he stays mostly silent except for those few moments of high impact and hilarity. No ticket. Um, oh, you know, and then you have Alanis Morissette coming out and, and then to lead from that, that end, that interpretation, like it's almost felt like who could I get that would just kind of really irritate like Catholics. And then it's like a Canadian woman. <laughs> oh my, that's, that would be the, that would just blow people's brains apart. And so like, I, enjoyed that knowing that there's got to be one of the reasons that she was selected was because she's the most likely to just offend people for no good reason and then that leading into her singing the song and the end credits was just like a perfect little bookend for me for the for the end of the movie i i agree with that uh i i love her as as god and like her little and and all <laughs> that and just like she's she loves she's her skee-ball. <laughs> she's lonely but funny. Uh and you and and she portrays that too. Like she she has that very like so, solitude solitary solitary sort of vibe to her. Uh but then is also, you know, cute and and fun and uh kind of what you what you would hope for in a deity. I felt in a way like this is not a this is not a mini dream casting, but I could have also taken Bjork in this role. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean they're they're the same person. I mean it's almost like Alanis is doing a Bjork interpretation of how she thinks she might handle this role of God, like just that kind of cute wackiness and you know, so it's uh, again a lot of I'd, fun. I, I would buy that actually. I, I would buy that that sort of portrayal like what's my motivation yeah you're bjork <laughs> you're playing bjork as god oh, okay i got it yeah. and yeah like she's she's great in that. and then the song is is it's a beautiful song uh, it's it's very well done and i i thought it was did, i don't did she write that for this oh i gotta i have to believe that i don't i don't recall i like i'm a, a decent i can't say a fan of lance morissette but i've owned a few of her I, albums i, enjoy I her don't music. recall ever hearing that song anywhere else. So I'm like about 90. I mean, unless, sure. unless it's like a B side or something like that. Like, yeah, but it seems so fitting. It really feels like it was written for this. That's my, that's what I'm sticking to. I'll go with that too. I like that. 
Hey, that's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past. Uh, come hang out with us every Monday. You can catch us on all your favorite podcatchers, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Google or whatever. You can find us there, or you can head over to tmdpod.com. That's where we like to hang out and post our movies. And right now, that's mostly it. Uh, but someday, maybe more. John. <laughs> Speaking of someday, maybe more, the music in our podcast comes from the song Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore. And someday, maybe more, they'll be your favorite band because you should go check them out and listen to them and enjoy what they have to offer the world. Uh, it's probably transcendent and maybe angelic. You'll see. You'll see. Um, but beyond that, uh, we really love all the feedback we get from you guys and want to hear more about what you'd like to see, what you want to hear us discussing. Maybe you want to know how we can get more uh, religion and and stuff into our our movie podcast. That's something we definitely would want notes on. Uh, I'm not being sarcastic. <clears throat> anyway, uh, I'm being that. sarcastic on John's behalf. Yeah, and 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 non sarcastically, our email address is thememorydistillery at gmail.com. So that's how the uh, best way to reach us. Unless you're you know hanging out on our Facebook page, just look us up. The memory distillery um we we love hearing from you like i said and and want to get more feedback because we are uh getting into that point in the summer where we start to head towards you know you know different halloween and christmas seasons where there's a plethora of movies that we can really dig into uh, we have some ideas for the near future but we're looking to fill a couple of gaps here and there so uh, send us your feedback and, and we'll see what we can do uh, once again thank you for listening i'm john Deck. And I'm Anthony Verneri, and this has been the Memory Distillery. I think God is dead. It's the sign of a true Catholic.